0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, and he went up into the hills and sat down there. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the maimed, the blind, the dumb, and many others. And they put them at his feet and he healed them so that the throng wondered when they saw the dumb speaking, the maimed whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat, and I am unwilling to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, where are we to get bread enough in the desert to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves have you? They said, seven and a few small fish. And commanding the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of the broken pieces left over. The Gospel of the Lord. So today as we celebrate this wonderful Saint, Saint Edmund Campion, uh, I think it's also appropriate for the reading that we have today from the Gospel. The sustenance and the strength that he drew himself from the Eucharist, the motivation that he had uh, for the Mass, the celebration of the Mass, and also for the uh, teaching of the people, for the reconciling of God's people through the sacrament of confession. Um, I think it's appropriate then that we look today at this beautiful miracle, the second of the multiplications of the loaves that the Lord works. This is for the 4,000. We have the other account, of Jesus feeding the 5,000 as well. And so this is in a different region. This is in a different area um, of the uh, shores of the Sea of Galilee. And so this is, if you go there now to visit it, the one location that they say where it is possible that this happened is not far from where the Lord gave the disciples breakfast on the morning of the resurrection when he invites them to come off the, uh, not on the, in, in that week uh, when he invites them to come off the Sea of Galilee and he has prepared for them this breakfast on the shores. And it is not far from there, kind of up the hills, backing out from that area where the Lord, uh, where tradition has it, that the Lord took the multitudes and healed them and fed them. And I was looking at that yesterday when meditating on this scene which is that in both accounts, whether it's the feeding of the 5,000 or here, the Lord heals the sick first before he feeds the multitude. And so I was looking in the commentaries to see if there was any commentary on this relationship between them. And of course, there always there always is with the church fathers. But uh, St. Thomas Aquinas also has something which he says on this scene. And he seems to be drawing from an insight of St. Augustine. And he says that, He gives the example, just to paraphrase, but he says that when we are sick, it affects our taste and our appetite for food. So that when we are sick in our body, sometimes we don't desire the food that will actually help to mend us and to heal us. And so also in the spiritual life is that when we are sick with sin is that our soul doesn't desire the food that will actually be its healing and sustenance. It doesn't desire the Eucharist. And so there must first be a healing before there can be a nourishing and a feeding. And so in the natural life, what happens here is the Lord first heals the sick and then he feeds them so that the appetite and the taste for food is restored in the sick. And then he nourishes them with this miracle, this multiplication of the loaves and fishes. But in the spiritual life, it is the same as well. We must first be restored to grace, have the sin washed from our souls before then receiving the Lord in Holy Communion. So that when the Lord gives himself to us as the bread of heaven, when he gives himself to us completely, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the blessed sacrament, he should be received by a soul that is in a state of grace. A soul that is in grace with God restored to God through the sacrament of confession. There is a healing of soul that must take place first before there can be a nourishing of the soul on the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And so this principle that we see active in both multiplications of the loaves is something that is very important for the spiritual life. Not just before we receive the Lord, but also so that our desire for the Lord in Holy Communion also increases in our souls. To be in a state of grace is to put us in a state by which there will be, because the health is restored to the soul, there will be an increasing desire for the nourishment and the food of the soul, which is the Lord himself in the Eucharist. And so to be in that grace is so important. Because to be in grace then means that we start to desire in our interior the things that we should desire. But when we are outside of grace, that is when we then lose the desire for the things that we should desire. And the culmination of what we should desire is God himself. And so the culmination of what we should desire is the Eucharist, because the Eucharist is God himself. Jesus Christ present in our midst body, blood, soul, and divinity. So it's beautiful to see this here, but it's also, I think, and I was just contemplating it then in the light of St. Edmund Campion and the way in which he ministered is that he did do this. He offered the confessions. He, He offered confessions to souls in order to restore them to grace so that they could then be truly in communion with God when they received the Lord in Holy Communion. When the Lord comes to us in Holy Communion, in order for it to be communion, there must be his life within us. It must be a communion of life. If we are outside of grace and outside of the life of God and then receive the Lord in Holy Communion, it is no longer communion because his life is not in us. And so there isn't this essential union that is necessary for Holy Communion. And so then what the scriptures say is that we eat and drink then judgment upon ourselves if we do this. Receive the Lord outside of a state of grace. And so that's why it is so important to first be restored, healed, put back in grace with God through the sacrament of confession. So that we can receive him in Holy Communion and that it is truly then communion of life with God. And then the nourishment that comes through the Eucharist can truly take and have its impact in us because we are open by grace to receive all of the benefits of Holy Communion. Just to conclude then, we can see that after everyone has eaten, it says they all ate and were satisfied. Meaning the desire has been fulfilled that is what it is to be satisfied. And so also in the spiritual life, every spiritual desire, every good longing of the soul is fulfilled in Holy Communion because we receive God himself. On the moments of Holy Communion, after we have received the Lord into ourselves, that is the satisfaction of the soul. The soul is satisfied because every good movement of the soul is now fulfilled in the one that we possess within ourselves in those moments of Holy Communion. A time so intimate with God where he is within us, we have consumed him and he consumes us. He is the fulfillment of all our desires. And so those moments of Holy Communion should become the central moments of our life. As many of the saints often point out, if you read it in their writings, you can see that they lived from one communion to another. They looked forward to the next Holy Communion and gave thanks for the previous. Their whole life was ordered to this moment of union with God one that does pass in this life but will be ours for all eternity. They desired rightly the saints because they desired Holy Communion the most, which is nothing else to say that they desired God the most because it is God whom we receive in Holy Communion. This mystery is what caught up the saints into this contemplation, what gave them strength to do what they did, to suffer what they did, to go to the extremes that they did to bring this mystery to souls, to bring Holy Communion to those who are in need and those who desire it. But also as we saw and as we see in the life of St. Edmund Campion, is that they first are also restoring souls to grace so that that communion with Christ is possible. And so just to summarize, this time of Advent, as we have also been encouraged to look at Scripture and to look at the words of God, so also we should be looking at the presence of Christ with us and to be adoring that presence and to be longing for communion with that presence of God in the Blessed Sacrament but also it is a time for being in the desert with Christ and for being healed and to be healed specifically through the sacrament of confession where we bring to the Lord all of the ways in which we are either blind or maimed or dumb or lame or any of the interior sicknesses that have crept into our soul because of sin. And in the sacrament of confession, we can be restored to grace, have the Lord unburden us of those sins so that we are no longer carrying them. And then in that state of being interiorly healed, then our longing will increase and our desires for the things of heaven and especially for God himself. And so this time of Advent is a time of preparation of the soul, stripping from it all the things that should not be there through God's grace in the sacrament of confession and then ordering and orienting our life to the blessed sacrament, to be ordered towards God himself and to desire him with ever-increasing love and in the moments of Holy Communion to give thanks that God has counted us worthy to receive him and to have a life with him that is so intimate as it is in Holy Communion. Amen.